0: Last week on the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast.
1: I believe that we will see the most fantasy points ever scored in the history of fantasy football this year. And how about I pantomime as if I'm masturbating with a Roman candle while it's being lit and going off? How about that? Would that, would you like to watch that? And I believe Russell Wilson is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. And
0: I'm not. I'm just saying I don't want to go back to fucking college to talk about two guys that have been in the league for six years or more. It's totally irrelevant. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Field Goals Sonic Truth Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Liss. You can find me on Twitter at Jew. and giddy as ever is my co-host, Matt Kelly. You can find him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion.
1: They can also find you on the sports hater forums on the internet service. Wherever sports fans are irrationally hating athletes, they can find Nate List. Nate, what do you think of Kevin Durant? I love Kevin Durant. I
0: think Kevin Durant is one of the top 10 players in the NBA. What do you think of his decision to sign
1: with the Golden State Warriors and leave the Oklahoma City Thunder? I think it was a bad decision for his legacy.
0: Why? Um, because he went to a team that won the title two years ago, went 73-9 and nine last year and was already in the NBA Finals, a team that he couldn't beat himself. Right. So he joined them was up 3-1 on him. Couldn't beat him. I remember that. Wow. Say it again. He was up 3-1 on the defending champs and he could not knock them out of the playoffs.
1: God, he stinks.
0: No, he doesn't stink. He's a great player.
1: Well, he couldn't beat the Golden State Warriors. He was up 3-1. He choked. He's a choker. So was Russell Westbrook. He's a choker too, right? No, that is a, those are two of the best players in the NBA, two top 12 players. Okay. But you don't like him going to Golden State.
0: I don't think they needed him.
1: When you heard the news break that Kevin Durant was headed to Golden State, what was your initial – Visceral response. I was disappointed
0: that he didn't stay in Oklahoma City to try and win one there. I thought they had a good team. They had a really good team in Oklahoma City. He's a coward, right? For leaving? Yeah. No. No, I think he went to a team that he knew he'd have a much better shot on. I mean, that's pretty obvious, I think, to everybody.
1: If Kevin Durant wins a championship with the Golden State Warriors, you're not going to give him as much credit as you would have given him if he had won it with the Oklahoma City Thunder, correct? Correct. Correct. He just doesn't get as much credit from Nate lists right well when you've got three other top
0: 12 players on your team i wouldn't give you as much credit yeah i think most people would agree that his titles will be considered lesser winning with that team than if he had stuck it out with oklahoma city
1: his reputation has been forever tarnished by this decision correct no because
0: if he doesn't win a title it'll never be tarnished if he wins a title it'll tarnish it
1: it'll tarnish his overall legacy correct So his legacy is tarnished regardless. Either he's the guy that could win the championship like Charles Barkley, or he's the guy that had to go join the best player in the NBA, Steph Curry, to have a championship handed to him, a championship that he will not have earned if he does, in fact, win one. Is that correct?
0: Um yeah, he still got the money. $27.2 million a year,
1: $54 million contract. This isn't the first time there's been a consolidation of power. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar couldn't win a championship in Milwaukee, and then he won a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers. So you give Kareem Abdul-Jabbar less credit because he won it with the Lakers, not the Bucs?
0: That's not the same as Kevin Durant going and signing. I, I don't. It's not the same thing. Era be damned. It's not the same thing.
1: Here he comes. Here he comes. I saying, knew he no. was in there. No, There's a little sh- sports hater. You're like that alien in Men in Black, the little alien controlling the body behind the face. You're that little guy. And I could see you in there. You're in there, you little sports hater. You You just need a little bit of nudging to come out and let us know what you really think. He chose to go to Golden State and disrupt the competitive balance of the NBA. Shame on you, Kevin Durant, right? That's what you want to say.
0: But I feel like he hurt his legacy. Any title he wins in Golden State will not be as impressive as a title he would have won in Oklahoma City. But I get why he went there.
1: You sound like the bitter sports fan who is arbitrary with the credit that you will dispense. I didn't hear any of this when LaMarcus Aldridge left a dynamic duo in Portland, one of the best teams in the West, left Damian Lillard behind to join three future Hall of Famers in San Antonio. I didn't hear any of this arbitrary legacy nonsense. It's the same story. It's the same thing that happened for LeBron when he went to Miami. Those
0: wins in Miami don't hold a candle to what he just did in Cleveland. What he did in Cleveland was was historical. In 80 years, that's going to be a movie. It was unbelievable.
1: Before the championship in Cleveland, was anyone taking away those championships from LeBron and saying they were worth? less than other championships yes so let's go go. back do it some things that you said on twitter (laughs) don't pick and choose them either don't skip around the ones a top 12 guy going to a team with three stars it's idiotic and it's ludicrous. That's what you said earlier today on Twitter. I know that you know that I am here to expose you in front of the entire Sodic Truth audience for being that arbitrary knuckle-dragging sports hater that exists all over the message boards and in the comments section of sports articles. You are that guy. You have okay. been unmasked on the Twitter machine that you all want us to always go back and reference. When superstars leave the
0: small teams and they go to forge these other rosters, this is when these types of super
1: rosters, if you will, happen. Like the two super rosters we had in the 80s, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics who hogged all the championships, the teams that brought us the epic Game 7s in the NBA Finals, those teams. Yeah, I'm
0: not, again, you could take it back to the beginning. All I've ever said was about his legacy. It's the legacy is the one thing that's going to be tarnished. Superpower, whatever. There's already been these, but you can't debate that it does hurt his legacy, any titles he wins in Golden State. It would have been impressive to see him win in Oklahoma City.
1: I don't believe Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors is idiotic I think it's rational I think it's smart I think it's the move I would do if I had the choice of going to a team that plays a style of basketball that is the most fun and also has the highest probability of winning games and winning championships that's the obvious move it would have been an upset for him to go anywhere else when you think about it in that context Right. Yeah, dude, who wouldn't want to go to Golden State? Duh. So, why are you calling the move idiotic? Why are you calling it
0: ludicrous? Because I think there's a misconception of how I feel about it. I love Kevin Durant. I'm a huge basketball fan. The team's going to be amazing to watch. It's going to be very hard for Cleveland to beat this team they were a hard team to beat already and they just added another superstar so it's a good team it's a very good team and it may be the best team I've ever seen
1: it's a ludicrous idiotic team it's a loaded team you meant ludicrous a, not loaded no it's a loaded team the team's got a loaded roster I think that sounds incredible you think that sounds idiotic no I think the roster is going to be fun to watch I just
0: think Kevin Durant going to Golden State's ridiculous
1: <laughs> there it is there it is there he is, there he is! Everybody, I knew it would come out Kevin You're Durant for the Golden State Warriors is just ridiculous. If Kevin Durant wins a championship next season with the mm. Warriors, it's only worth sixty percent of a championship he would have won on the Thunder. Is that right? You picked the arbitrary sixty percent number.
0: Yeah. It just I'm just stating the fact that again it's <laughs> it's worth less.
1: Not sixty one percent, not fifty nine percent in Nate's <laughs> You're going to struggle to do this. You're going to try. In (laughs) in Nate's arbitrary credit allocation formula, he has determined that a win on Golden State is worth 60% of a normal win for Kevin Durant. (laughs) Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs)
0: Right. I chose an arbitrary number to depict something in textual format just to make it happen. Look, the point is that there's no way that you can say that a win in Golden State is worth more than a win
1: in Oklahoma City. And that's all there is to it. Is there a ledger somewhere in the Durant household where his legacy is scored and they have six – divided by 10 on the ledger to make sure that he's scoring his championships properly towards his total legacy score. I just want to make sure that this is all being scored properly. People will say that the wins don't mean as much because he
0: banded together with a superstar group and they attempted to win titles. But again, one injury, two injuries could change everything. That might not even be the team that comes out of the West. Who
1: knows? I had no idea that this is you. Message board Neanderthal scoring legacy points with arbitrary percentages. You're the guy in the comment section of my YouTube channel channel you should go to my youtube channel go to youtube type in roto underworld radio and most of the videos now have comments that call me an idiot or that say that my sports opinion is ludicrous and now i'm doing a show with one of these knuckle draggers i can't believe it
0: I don't even know what we're talking about right now. I, you should be speechless because I, I have no clue what the hell we're talking about. I've talked about his legacy. That was it. I, have you heard me call Kevin Durant a bad player? Just call him a
1: coward. You know he's you not say a coward.
0: It. Say Look, it. You're, I realize what you're trying to weave here. It's It's amusing, and I enjoy it, and I hope people enjoy this, and I hope they realize that if they've listened to me, I've stuck to the same thing I've been saying for 15 or 20 minutes now. I love Kevin Durant. But he's a coward. No, it hurts his legacy. But he's afraid. Of what?
1: The competition.
0: Oh, he's not afraid of the competition. He Who knows? Maybe he didn't want to play with Russell Westbrook anymore. Who'd want to play in bad conditions if that's what the locker room was like, if he could go play with a better team with better conditions for max contract?
1: Thank you. I'm sure Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had more fun playing in Los Angeles than he did in Milwaukee. Oklahoma City is Milwaukee South. So, of course... Kevin Durant wants to move to San Francisco or Los Angeles and get out of Oklahoma City. That's another obvious reason to leave the team and go somewhere better, stacked on a list of other obvious reasons. You're the guy that likes to criticize the athletes for the decisions they make that are in their best interests because it hurts your feel
0: good. We've talked, this is a fucking circular conversation, and we've now talked about the same thing
1: for like 15 minutes.
0: I love Kevin Durant. I love the Golden State Warriors.
1: I have to admit, what I really wanted from you was for you to break down your posture is bad. You're slumped in the chair. You're clearly annoyed with me. Like I'm bothering you. I like to push your buttons, but I think today I've actually got under your skin. I think you're actually bothered by me. I've been trying to do this and I've been trying to cajole out of you some pure and true sports hatred. I just want to get a glimpse in that. I just want (laughs) you to reveal yourself, unmask yourself. It'll feel so good. Just say he's a coward. It'll feel so good, Nate. Just say it.
0: I don't think he's a coward Matt I'm sorry I just can't give you that information because I don't feel that way I don't feel that way we should turn off the Skype recorder I'll tell you how I really feel about Kevin Durant
1: <laughs> it's I know it i did. not yet- Say just say it. You want to say it. You want to say it. You hate Kevin Durant. He's a
0: coward. Say it. This feels like a movie where they're in the courtroom and I'm on the stand and the the strings are coming in in the background and the low tones coming in and they're digging at him and digging at him and he's about to confess. He's gonna say it. He's gonna say, pop.
1: Just say it. Just
0: say it. What do you want me to tell you? Kevin Durant's a coward. Yeah, you need to leave. Him yes! <laughs> and you didn't listen to the first fifteen minutes of the last show. Oh. And I didn't listen to the first 15 minutes of that last show,
1: Matt. I knew that, too! You were multitasking. Yes. Uh, Yes. Doesn't this feel good? It does. It felt a little better. This is
0: sort of a screwy version of therapy, but it felt a little better. You feel good, man. You feel good.
1: Just... (sighs) You are... You are a knuckle-dragging sports hater. Just embrace it. Just exhale and say, ah, this is who I am. This is the space in which I exist. This is 90% of sports fans, Nate. It's okay. These are your people. This is your tribe. (laughs) I see them on my YouTube channel popping up like gophers every single day to tell me how stupid I am, to question my sexuality, to question (laughs) – you think I'm kidding? That's good. No, I don't. I believe it. And that is just the tiniest, smallest fraction of the hate that has been directed toward Kevin Durant over the last two days. And what we need to do is convert you to watch sports in a different way that's less soaked in hate and get you to enjoy sports again. All right, let's get into a buzzard
0: email. Are you uh, are you reading this email, Matt, or am I reading this email?
1: I can't wait for you to read this email because I think it's going to expose me as a hater. So I'm excited. Oh, man.
0: All right. So we got a buzzard email this week. You can contact the show on Twitter at Sonic Truth Pod. You can find us on our email at SonicTruthPod at gmail.com. And here's the buzzard email. Chancellor Parsons is now recommending his cult members trade Doug Baldwin for a rookie second rounder. This madman must be stopped. Wow.
1: So I wrote that email. (laughs) And... I am exposed as a sports hater myself. Uh, I myself am a knuckle dragger. If you are listening to this show because you think this is the lone bastion of intellectualism in fantasy football, well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I am, at best, a pseudo-intellectual, and I am what I hate. I am also a sports hater. What I hate are the youth chasers, and I just can't believe this happened, but I saw it. And so I sent the show a buzzard email because I want to get your thoughts on it because I just can't believe
0: it. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do a hypothetical little drill here. So let's assume that Chad was talking about a 2017 pick and we're not even going to look at second round options, even though that pick was supposed to be a second rounder. How about we just focus on like late first round options from this year? Uh, For 2017. Sure. Okay. So here's a ballpark of the players I kind of think fall in between seven and 12 of the first round of next year. So tell me which one of these names you prefer to Doug Baldwin going forward. Corey Davis.
1: No, what? Corey Davis goes to a small school. Aren't all small school receivers discounted? Isn't this the reason why no one respects Jeff Janice's numbers at Saginaw Valley State?
0: It's probably true. There's a lot of hype
1: around Corey Davis, though. Central Michigan's Corey Davis? Yeah, Central Michigan's Corey Davis. Corey Davis, who was outproduced by Daniel Braverman? I'm just saying. Let's
0: move on. Okay, so we tried Saquon Barkley. No?
1: I don't know who that is. Okay, Malachi Dupree. I like Malachi Dupree. High dominator rating at LSU on a low-volume offense. But we're talking about Doug Baldwin, who's the best receiver in fantasy in the second half last year. What the hell are we talking about Dupree for? This is a stupid exercise. This is idiotic, ludicrous exercise. I I, I don't need to finish this list if you're not interested. Whoever traded Doug Baldwin for a second-round pick Is a coward.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I'm not I don't I'm not gonna do it. Coward (laughs) every time you yell coward, I just picture Kevin Durant's face
1: now. See, there it is! There There it is! is. You are generic sports hater who doesn't listen to the podcast that's currently playing at this time, even if he's the host. Oh man, that's ridiculous. By the way, you can go to YouTube, search for Roto Underworld Radio. I've only advertised this three times so far today. (laughs) But you have to go to some of these videos to see it for yourself. The commenters do the thing that Nate does, which is they will <laughs> read the headline out of here. and the description and then they will comment on that even though the exact thing they are stating is specifically refuted within the clip. But they don't actually listen to the clip. That's why you are a sports website commenter. Man,
0: this is so unfairly being dumped on me. I'm just vocal about the move by Kevin Durant. Look, I'm I'm so basketballed out right now.
1: I'm, just, I'm not even talking about Kevin Durant right now. I'm talking about the avalanche of complaints that we got about last week's show in which we had a circular discussion about Eric Decker and Julian Edelman because I never know when you're podcast amnesia is going to kick in. And even though I stated very clearly at the beginning of the show that the reason why Julian Edelman was a better fantasy asset than Eric Decker is specifically because he was an integral cog on the Patriots high volume offense with Tom Brady as his quarterback. I said that specifically, it was somehow never registered and or mistakenly deleted from your short term memory. And it was impossible for me to know later in this show that all you needed me to do was restate something that I already said earlier in the show to help us move on to a different topic I never know when your amnesia is kicking in and being turned off. So it's impossible for me to restate what I don't know you never heard. (laughs) I didn't catch any of that. All right. I have a
0: question for you, though. So I was thinking about this and I've gotten some people on Twitter that have asked me because we started talking about Tyler Lockett and the Seahawks and sort of perceived value due to volume and opportunity. So question for you. Prior to Tyler Lockett's recent ADP pop, you and I had talked about how he was unfairly punished due to perceived lack of volume. Are there any other wide receivers that you feel the same way about?
1: We like to parallel players and teams on this show. And if you're looking for a parallel to the Seahawks, I think it's the Viking. Two of the most exciting rookies from the 2015 class were not first round picks. Tyler Lockett and Stefan Diggs are two of the best rookies in that class. It could be argued that the top three rookies from that class, only one of them was a first-round pick, Amari Cooper. The other two are Stephon Diggs and Tyler Lockett. In fact, I have Stephon Diggs and Tyler Lockett, both ranked in my top 40. The only player other than Amari Cooper I have ranked ahead of them is Devontae Parker. I have Green Beckham, Brashad Perriman, Kevin White, and Philip Dorsett, all ranked behind Tyler Lockett and Stephon Diggs. Because Tyler Lockett and Stephon Diggs are now officially proven producers. And Stephon Diggs and Tyler Lockett are very similar in that they were highly efficient on low volume offenses last season. The only difference is while Doug Baldwin was the number one wide receiver on the Seahawks, it was actually Stephon Diggs who was the number one wide receiver on the Minnesota Vikings. Stephon Diggs started the year on the inactives list. He wasn't activated until week four. So he posted over 50 receptions for over 700 yards in only 13 games. And how did he do that? Because he started the season red hot, 87 yards, 129 yards, 108 yards, 95 yards, four 40 targets in his first four games. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. had 40 targets in his first four games, and he entered the NFL to a fireworks display. And Stephon Diggs had a positive production premium, plus 8.0, 38th in the league on playerprofiler.com, plus 12.3 target premium, that was top 30, 8.6 yards per target, top 40. So across the board, Stephon Diggs was one of the most efficient rookies in the league. He and Tyler Lockett were the two most efficient rookie wide receivers in the NFL. Stephon Diggs' contested catch rate last year, 58.3%. That was top 20 in the league. There's nothing not to like about Stephon Diggs. And that's where the parallel between Stefan Diggs and Tyler Lockett really dissipates because Tyler Lockett is officially fairly valued. His ADP recently climbed into the top 65 in a redraft, and he's now one of those coveted assets that you can't trade for in dynasty leagues Tyler Lockett is now perceived to be the locked-in number two receiver on the Seattle Seahawks, even though Jermaine Kearse is there, and Jermaine Kearse was equally as efficient as Tyler Lockett was last year. On the last show, we talked about three of the receivers in the top 10 in catch rate last year in the NFL were on the Seattle Seahawks. But the funny thing is, I don't see much of a difference between Jermaine Curse and Laquan Treadwell. Who do you think is going to score more fantasy points this season? Jermaine Curse or Laquan Treadwell, Nate? As a big Laquan Treadwell fan, Jermaine Curse. Exactly. But Jermaine Curse's ADP is 200 on my (laughs) fantasyleague.com redraft leagues. Woo! Slot 200. He's the number three wide receiver on a team that has one of the best quarterbacks in the league, maybe the best quarterback in fantasy history. Like we said last week, they don't have a tight end with a working knee and they don't have a proven pass catching running back out of the backfield. CJ ProSize has that pedigree, but we need to see it first. So until we see it, Jermaine Curse's target share is probably going to be close to what it was last year. And you look at his efficiency, what he did. He had 68 targets last year, but if you project increased volume from Russell Wilson, that number is going to reach 80 plus. But what is he going to do with that volume? He's going to be super efficient. Last year, plus 31.6 production premium for Jermaine Curse, fifth in the league, 10.1 yards per target last year for Jermaine Curse. Looking at the production premium and the yards per target, you could argue that Jermaine Curse was slightly more efficient last year than Tyler Lockett. And yet Jermaine Curse is being drafted 140 slots after Tyler Lockett. And that makes sense. That's rational. If we're projecting Tyler Lockett to be the number two receiver on the target totem pole and Jermaine Kearse to be a distant third, then that makes sense. The point is the ADPs in Seattle are a lot more reasonable than the ADPs in Minnesota because I think Stephon Diggs will be the target share leader on the Minnesota Vikings, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think Stephon Diggs is going to be near the top of the NFL in target share. He already was as a rookie. His 22.7 target share last season was top 25 in the NFL. That was as a 21-year-old rookie, as a 22-year-old sophomore with another year of rapport built up with Teddy Bridgewater. That target share is only going up, yet his ADP is multiple rounds after look. Quan Treadwell. In redraft, we're not even talking about Dynasty. The disparity in Dynasty is even wider. And I vehemently disagree. I think Stefan Diggs is the more valuable dynasty asset, more valuable than Laquan Treadwell. And if we're looking at redraft, I actually think in redraft, Jarius Wright will outproduce Laquan Treadwell because Laquan Treadwell will struggle to gain separation from defenders in year one. This will be a trying time in Laquan Treadwell's career. Imagine you're Laquan Treadwell. You only posted a 29% dominator rating, 45th percentile at Mississippi. You have bottom percentile athleticism evidenced by a 96.4, 19th percentile Spark X score on playerprofiler.com. Because you can't run fast and you can't jump high and you're not very agile, your catch radius is only 992, 32nd percentile on playerprofiler.com. So how is a player like that going to beat NFL defenders that are bigger, stronger, faster than college defenders. Well, spoiler alert, he's not going to do it. The hope for Laquan Treadwell is that over time, he develops the necessary technique to gain leverage on defenders and start to win those 50-50 balls that his contested catch rate is near the top of the league and that's how he becomes an NFL producer. But the idea that he can do all of that at age 21, that's Fiction. Jarius Wright, on the other hand, is 26 years old and he's been a proven producer. 34 catches last year, 42 catches the year before, and in 2014 led the league in yards after the catch per target. Jarius Wright is the anti Laquan Treadwell. Jarius Wright is small. Laquan Treadwell is big. Jarius Wright is super fast. Laquan Treadwell is super slow. <laughs> <laughs> Jarius Wright will be at the top of the league in yards after the after the catch per target, you know, watching Laquan Treadwell play at Mississippi, he does not compile yards after the catch. So Laquan Treadwell will be near the bottom of the league in yards after the catch per target because Laquan Treadwell is not nearly the same kind of athlete that Jarius Wright is. So let me get this straight. Jarius Wright is a superior athlete to Laquan Treadwell, and he has four years of experience and an extra year of rapport With Teddy Bridgewater, how the hell is Laquan Treadwell supposed to outproduce Jarius Wright? Not to mention Stefan Diggs, whose ADP in all formats is lagging Laquan Treadwell's. The valuation of the Seattle Seahawks receivers isn't great. Doug Baldwin, undervalued. Tyler Lockett, valued correctly. Jermaine Kearse, extremely undervalued. But the valuation of the Minnesota Vikings wide receivers is even more irrational. Stephon Diggs' target share in 2015 was higher than Amari Cooper's. Stephon Diggs looks like a smaller Amari Cooper, and that's light years ahead of what Laquan Treadwell will be. What's a smaller Amari Cooper? He's a mini Cooper. That's his (laughs) nickname. God, no. Stephon Diggs' nickname is Mini Cooper. Stop. Stop. Yet his ADP lags behind Treadwells in all formats. This is stunning to me. It is confounding. And it's also the perfect arbitrage opportunity. Trade whatever pick would be Laquan Treadwell and pick up a pick a round or two later that you can turn into Stephon Diggs.
0: And I think I mentioned the statistic uh, last week with Russell Wilson. Up until last season, Wilson was still labeled by many as a game manager in terms of passing volume and this is kind of what we're focusing on here however and this this is going to be about teddy bridgewater but however never once in wilson's career has he ever decreased in passing opportunities meaning year over year he's throwing the ball for more attempts than the year prior and throwing the ball more times per game the problem is we have seen this already from teddy bridgewater 2014 402 attempts 30.9 a game than just last season, 447 pass attempts, but 27.9 a game. That was 21st in the league for attempts. And I'm just saying this primarily to point out the fact that this is the concern. At least there's more substance in the idea that the targets will lack in Minnesota versus in Seattle. But I don't think it's ridiculous to assume that Minnesota doesn't have plans for Teddy Bridgewater to throw for over 500 times a season. People who assume the same thing about Russell Wilson back in 2012 and 2013 are probably paying the price today. So for the fantasy purposes of his wide receiver corpse, I really hope that Teddy Bridgewater is more Russell Wilson than he is Alex
1: Smith. Russell Wilson has a wide receiver corpse? What? <laughs> Sorry. What? Who's dead? Who died? Wait, Russell <laughs> Wilson, who would be Russell is that wait. Oh, wait Graham. Okay. oh, hold on, hold on. Is that Paul Richardson? He's back. P. Rich is back. So either is wait, 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 wait. so so if so if Stephon Diggs is Mini Cooper, is Paul Richardson weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> it was an
0: awesome awesome movie, by the way. Awesome. But I'm gonna finish this point, Matt. So either way, we're just talking about Treadwell and Diggs and this offense anyways. Both could easily see over hundred targets each this season or in any season going forward, but Diggs would be the likely candidate to see more volume in 2016, which supports your claim of Stephon Diggs over Laquan Treadwell in redraft.
1: We've mentioned this on a few shows, but I'll restate it because it's important. NFL offenses are going to break records in 2016. But how is that going to impact these wide receivers? Poor Laquan Treadwell. Quarterbacks around the league will be setting records. Meanwhile, he's stuck with Teddy Bridgewater and he can't separate from defenders. He is in the worst (laughs) possible position to take advantage of a cohort wide statistical explosion because it's going to happen. Another reason why the quarterback production is going to set records in 2016 is because there has been an influx of talent at the wide receiver positions supporting these wide receivers. The 2014 draft class is going into its third year. Kelvin Benjamin is back. I don't know how productive he's going to be, but he is technically back. Jeff Janis is is set to ascend. Dante Moncrief is set to ascend. And players like Odell Beckham Jr. and Allen Robinson are already among the NFL's elite. But if we go down this list of wide receivers that are still hanging on to their prime or just entering their prime, it should make every dynasty owner salivate. DeAndre Hopkins is only 24 years old. Keenan Allen just turned 24 years old. Brandon Cooks is 22. AJ Green's still 27. Des Bryant's still 27. Alshon Jeffries in his prime. Sammy Watkins is only 22. Mike Evans is only 22. Jordan Matthews is only 23. Moncrief's only 22. Did you know that Randall Cobb is still only 25 years old? Michael no. Lloyd's 26. T.Y. Hilton's 26. Golden Tate's still holding on to his prime. So is Jeremy Macklin. Tyler Lockett's ascending. Don't we both agree that Corey Coleman and Josh Doxon are going to ascend very quickly? Yes. Doug Baldwin is still 27. He's still in his prime. Down the list. Alan Hearns broke out last year. Everyone thinks Marvin Jones will set career highs in his age 26 season with the Detroit Lions. And I can keep going down the list. Jordy Nelson's ADP and redraft has been completely insulated from his age and his injuries. He's still being drafted in the second round. Most still believe Brandon Marshall has another big year left in him. Larry Fitzgerald still has another big year left in him. This is also the year of the fourth year receiver from that 2013 draft class. This is the year that Marcus Whedon could ascend. Terrence Williams could ascend. Hey, what about Cordell Patterson? Not him. Kamar Aiken. Kamar Aiken's ADP in redraft just spiked 35 slots. A day doesn't go by without me reading an article about Willie Sneed and how I'm sleeping on Willie Sneed, how I'm sleeping on Tory Smith, who is still in his prime, by the way. I'm sleeping on Rashard Matthews. I'm not sleeping on any of these players, by the way, because if you go to my rankings, playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings, you'll see I have Tory Smith and Willie Sneed and Rashard Matthews ranked ahead of many of the players with more established brands. It's conceivable Sammy Coates is this year's Martavis Bryant. We can go on and on and on and on down the list. Wide receiver records are going to be broken around the league, starting with Antonio Brown breaking Marvin Harrison's single season reception record. You don't have anything I can't be. Come on, I can't hog the microphone that much. Say something. Say uh, give me a give me a guy that I forgot. Uh, give me a guy. You don't have a guy. Okay, no, no, that's fine. Wait uh, a second. Let me get this straight. You're on a Dynasty League podcast and I am listing 50 plus wide receivers. I look at you to provide some content relief. All you had to do was name a receiver in the NFL that you like. I mean, that is the baseline skill that any fantasy football podcaster needs to have. I am stepping in front of a microphone with a single wide receiver that I like. That's the basics. That's day one of fantasy football podcasting. Give me a receiver you like. Come on. You can't do that. I'll name two guys that you didn't say that I do like this
0: year. Okay, here's one older receiver. God, Michael Crabtree. He could have a good
1: year in Oakland this year. No, it's conceivable. Michael Crabtree has a career year this year. Sure.
0: And I also like John Brown in Arizona too. John Brown's flash big time. If he can get more opportunity there, it is a pretty loaded receiving core. But John Brown's a good play,
1: too. Just to summarize, I believe the top 100 wide receivers in the NFL will all set career highs this year in fantasy points.
0: Woo, that will probably be in the intro
1: next week, folks. That's a bomb. (laughs) Is that hot enough? Is that a hot take? Does that wait? Hold on. Is that considered a hot take? I need an of glove for that. That was real hot. That was a hot take. Yes. Let's run the numbers (laughs) on the game scores that would be required to support that. Uh, Atlanta beats Carolina 76 to 63. (laughs) And that was a low scoring game that week. Uh, Yeah, it would need to be a lot more high scoring. And what we would likely see on Carolina is a touchdown by Devin Funchess. Devin Funchess is a guy I didn't mention, you didn't mention, but he's actually the young receiver I'm most excited about because I like – Values Sure, I like Brandon Cooks, but a lot of people like Brandon Cooks. Not a lot of people like Devin Funches. His ADP in redraft right now, 124.5. Mm. 11th round in redraft for the number one wide receiver on the Carolina Panthers, tethered to the league MVP, Cam Newton. That doesn't make sense. He just turned 22 years old. Last year when he was 21, he finished the season with a flourish capped by a seven-catch, 120-yard game with a touchdown in Week 17. He's Cam Newton's best outside receiver. Well, what about Kelvin Benjamin? Kelvin Benjamin? Who's that? Oh, yeah, (laughs) Kelvin Benjamin. That's right. That's right. That's that wide receiver that's also on the Panthers who's never actually been good. The guy that wheezed his way to a 1,000 yards on 6.9 yards per target his rookie year with Cam Newton at quarterback and with only Jericho Cottry in the wide receiver core to compete with him for targets. Yeah. That guy, that guy who in his final year at Florida State needed 14 games to reach a thousand yards with a Heisman Trophy winning Jameis Winston at quarterback. Think about it this way. Florida State loses in the college football playoff. The Seminoles don't play in the national championship game. What happens? Kelvin Benjamin never reaches a thousand yards in college and he never scores that game-winning touchdown that elevated his perception across football, then he's not a first-round pick and he's not guaranteed that huge target share in his rookie season. The lumbering, anemic... Kelvin Benjamin. That guy. That's right. That guy. That's right. That's right. Kelvin Benjamin is now 25 years old and he's never been a good wide receiver in his entire career playing the sport of football. And he's the guy that we're worried is going to overshadow Devin Funchess. No, no, I refuse to believe that because unlike Kelvin Benjamin, who couldn't even reach a 50th percentile of college dominator at Florida State, Devin Funches posted a 41.4% college dominator, 80th percentile as the sole playmaker on a constipated Michigan offense. And then Devin Funchess decided to come out early. Funchess entered the NFL two years earlier than old man Benjamin. <laughs> Oh, man, Benjamin. And remember, in that inefficient 2014 season in which Kelvin Benjamin was the only wide receiver of consequence on his team, Kelvin Benjamin led the NFL in garbage time production that year. Mm. He was a volume fueled, garbage time fed fantasy asset. Operating as Cam Newton's only legitimate weapon on the outside. Again, atrocious. <laughs> and if I can
0: just add one piece to this that totally supports this, because I 100% agree. When you analyze Cam Newton's adjusted yards per pass attempt over his last three seasons, Devin Funches comes in at 8.3 yards per attempt, while Kelvin Benjamin is sitting at 6.3 yards per attempt. He's actually tied with Brandon LaFell in this offense, and he's below players like Mike Tolbert at 7.1 and even Jericho Kotry at 7.7. So, Benjamin's inefficiencies aren't just about how bad his receiving percentage is. He's Also not making this offense vastly more dynamic either. Funchess is
1: just like, just like savvy dynasty owners are worried about Jarvis Landry because of the presence of Devante Parker, you should also be worried about Calvin Benjamin because of the presence of Devin Funches. It's Funches time in Carolina. It's fun. He has the word fun in his name. Funches. Say it with me. Funches. <laughs> I don't That's want to. The inflection oh. you need. It's funches. It's not Devin Boring Chess. It's Devin Funges. Let's have fun and get Devin Funges on our fantasy teams. Not Kelvin Benjamin, who looks like the Greg Oden of the NFL. Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> Here's the real truth about Kelvin Benjamin he's too big to be an efficient NFL receiver. Like Greg Oden, Kelvin Benjamin is disproportionately large. And he can't afford to get any larger and he can't afford to get injured again or else he'll be flushed out of the league just like Greg Oden was. But the problem is, because he was injured, Kelvin Benjamin has not been able to exercise to keep the weight off. And why am I assuming he's putting weight on? Because remember, he reported to Panthers training camp in 2015 out of shape before he tore his ACL. That was when he had working knees. He wasn't exercising. He was eating too much and not doing enough cardiovascular exercise. During the off-season, these guys only have one job, strength and conditioning. And with working knees, Kelvin Benjamin wasn't doing that. Even if he wanted to run now, he can't. He's rehabbing an ACL tear, and he's already on the upper outer bounds of wide receiver size. 6'5", 240 are the dimensions of an NFL tight end, not an NFL wide receiver. I was going to say, if you look at Kelvin Benjamin in terms of wide receivers, he's
0: 95th percentile or better in a majority of his categories of height, weight, arm length, hand size. But then when you compare him to the tight ends, he doesn't become the biggest guy on the field, but Athletically, he's more athletic than a majority of these tight ends. So it would make sense that he was a tight end and not a receiver because he plays like one.
1: His profile looks like the profile of a tight end, not a wide receiver. This is just the hard truth. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry, Kelvin Benjamin owners. These are just the facts. And you should be worried because what is Kelvin Benjamin going to look like when he reports to training camp this year if he was out of shape when he reported last? Year. (laughs) I'll tell you, Panthers trainers are going to have to bring Kelvin Benjamin out of the tunnel onto the football field attached to ropes because he'll be a parade float. Sometimes I look at you and I see a man and he doesn't know what's about to happen to him. I know because I've predestined the show in my head, but you're sitting there oblivious to the fate that awaits you on the Sonic Truth Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to get so worked. You're already taking the L. We haven't even started the show.
0: There's no L to take. (laughs)
1: You're about to get so worked.
0: We should turn off the Skype recorder. I'll tell you how I really feel about Kevin Durant. It's, I knew it! I, I love Kevin Durant. I love the Golden
1: State Warriors.
0: I just think Kevin Durant going to Golden State's ridiculous.
1: There it is! There it is! There he is, everybody! I knew it would come out. Kevin You're Durant going to the Golden State Warriors is just ridiculous.
0: I'm... I love Kevin Durant. I love the Golden State Warriors. I just think Kevin Durant going to Golden State ridiculous. You're about to get so worked. I love Kevin Durant. I love the Golden State Warriors.
1: I just think Kevin Durant going to Golden State ridiculous. Just to summarize, I believe the top 100 wide receivers in the NFL will all set career highs this year in fantasy points. Woo! That will probably be in the
0: intro next week, folks. That's a bomb. <laughs>
1: You're gonna to have to chop the whole first part of the show to make it sound like we're not assholes. No, we're assholes. I'll then you. I feel you bad. Can... I feel bad because you were legitimately what? mad. You were legitimately.
0: I was not mad. Now I'm getting mad.
1: Your your facial expressions and your posture revealed that you were genuinely mad. So there was a five minute period of time at the beginning of this show where your visceral response was, "I hate Matt Kelly."
0: It's like having cue cards, and you've got a monitor, and I've got a monitor or teleprompter, and. I don't know what yours says, and there's these questions that are going to come at me and prepared stats, and I'm just bracing myself, praying to
1: God that they're not too difficult to answer. I don't understand what that means. Huh, me neither. Kelvin Benjamin, he was uh, an 80-year-old rookie. This year, he's 78. His best comparable player on <laughs> com is Gargamel, because Gargamel wins purely by being the biggest person on the screen at any given time. <laughs> That's so good. What I said was hypothesize, What if? What if? What if? All right. What if? Turn up. What if? What if? What if? What if? What if?
0: Am I in a poetry jam? <laughs> <laughs> what this feels like right now. Where's the bongo? <laughs> <laughs>
1: what
0: this feels like it's a lot like that, good episode thanks for trying to
1: soul crush me just say it one more time just say kevin durant's a coward we're not we're off air i'm actually i I stopped recording so you can see it's so full of shit be honest when have i ever not been honest in front of this microphone I, i spent 10 minutes trying to get you to admit this you won i'll take the l I'll take the L. Be honest. When have I ever not been honest in front of this microphone? I'll take the L. I love Kevin Durant. I love America. I love apple pie. You've lied to my face. How do you think this makes me feel? And you're being emotionally dishonest with me now, even though we're not even recording. Even though we're not even recording. <laughs> Be honest. When have I ever not been honest in front of this microphone? You can stop recording now. God damn liar, dude. I know you're lying to me. I can see your face right now. I know you're lying. I can't believe you're this dishonest. You're pathological at this point. I'm going to tell your wife. Be honest. When have I ever not been honest in front of this microphone? So you've been recording that whole time, oh, of huh? Of course. You look constipated while the questions were being asked. So you've been recording that whole time, oh, of huh? Course. You never said Kevin Durant's a coward. I'll take the L. Is he a chicken? No! He's a human being, Matt.
0: Oh, jigging.
1: It was oh, a cowardly move. Just, it was a cowardly move. Well, it sounds like you think it was. No, I don't think it was. You're quoting Bill Simmons where he says it's ludicrous and despicable. No, God. Idiotic. <laughs> Just say it one more time. Just say Kevin Durant's a coward. We're not, we're off air. I'm actually, I, I stopped recording so you can see He's so full of shit. Do you not like Durant? Yeah, I think he's a piece of shit coward. Ha 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 ha!